From beginning the current Dav Mesechtas Baba Kama Dav Tzadi Vav, we begin on the bottom of Dav Tzadi Hema Beis, seven lines up in the bottom of the Yaman, where the Gemara continues the discussion related to the previous Dav. That is, the Gemara was discussing relating to the Allah of our Mishnah, which spoke about that if someone steals a pregnant cow, and then it gives birth by, in the Rishus of the Gazan, in the, in the robber's domain, so our Mishnah said that Misham Kishas Exeli, he has to pay how much it was worth at the moment that he stole it, not how much it was worth later. Now the Gemara on the previous Dav, and the Manalaf brought up three Remachlikis regarding the Salacha. One of the opinions was the opinion of Rib Shimon, who he said that it's as if it's evaluated the moment that he steals it, how much it was worth. Which the Gemara's question was that seemingly like the opinion of Rabbi Huda sounds like the same type of a thing. So the Gemara had two different interpretations differentiating what is their Machlikis. And the interpretation of Rabbi Papa was that everyone agrees that it goes to the Goslin, the added what was increased in it after he had stolen it. The machlekes is, however, regarding that which was still on the animal, is that entirely going to the Goslin, like Rabbi Yehuda says, or Rabbi Shimon's opinion was that it's only lamech to l'shlish ravi. It doesn't get all of it. It goes according to how much people usually have that, that, that when they make up with each other, that one guy is going to supply the animal, otherwise going to work on increasing it it's, in its, its vitality, its vigor, its, 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 uh, how much it's worth. That is, they split according to a certain proportion. That's how much the Gazan gets, but it doesn't get all of that. And the, that, that the Gemara brought, the Tanam Hoch is similar to the Bryce that says that, like this interpretation of Rav Papa, that it's Lamech Zashlesh Raviyah. Now, it was on that halacha that the Gemara had asked, according to this interpretation of Rav Shimon that says that the Gazan gets Lamech Zashlesh Raviyah, it doesn't get all the, the wool that grew after, or that the, what it gave birth, the shearings that it took off, or the, or the animal that gave birth. It's only proportionate. So the question is, when we have to then give the animal back to the original owner, do we say we could compensate him for what that half or a third or a quarter increased with monies? Or do we have to give him from the actual animal that he owns the rights in the animal itself? On that, the Gemara said that we answered the question from the halacha of Nachum no Meshmul. That he said that there are three things that we evaluate the shvach, the increase in the value, and we have to compensate that person who did that. But we could, get, we could take care of him, we could compensate him with money, we don't have to give him the, the object itself. And they were Bukhari for a Pashat, when there is a, a firstborn that's compensating the other brothers regarding the increase they had made before they then divided. You have a creditor for Lekeach, where if someone owes something to somebody first, he's the first creditor, then someone else bought at a later point in time, that's called Nechasim Meshabadim, it's Meshubah to the earlier Balchayv, he can go ahead and collect from the Lekeach, but he has to compensate the Lekeach for what he increased the land. But again, he doesn't have to give him the land itself, he could give him just monies. And the last one was Balchev for Yisayim. When the creditor comes to collect for the father's debt from the orphans, again, what they had increased was really their own doing, not, own, not owed by their father. So he has to compensate them, but again, he doesn't have to give them the land, he could give them just the monies itself. Which is taste explained, and that was what the Gemara was resolving. The same thing applies to the Allah of Gazlin, that you could be Masalik and Bedamim also. That was that Gemara. Now, it was on this halacha that we introduced from Nachan HaMeshmul, which was being used as a way to resolve that question, on that halacha the Gemara asks, Amalei Ravin Ravashi, says, Mi HaMeshmul, did Shmuel really say, which was one of those three halachas, that the creditor gives, which let's say someone, Reuben has $1,000 worth of assets, then he, he takes a loan out from somebody, and now, let's say it's for $1,000, and all his assets are now collateral for that loan. If he goes and sells it to someone else later point in time, that's Meshubid. If that guy defaults on his loan, he can go collect from those properties. So the halach is that Shmuel says that a bachayv, 
The Gemara's question is that did Shmuel really say that a Bachayv, now that Lekach, who his land is indebted to that first creditor, that, but if he increased the land, that increase, that Shvach, that then, okay, you don't have to, you could take away the land, you don't have to give him a portion of the land like Shmuel Salacha was, but Shmuel was saying that you have to give him at least to compensate the Lekach, that consumer, for what he increased. On that, the Gemara asks, but Vamar Shmuel, but Shmuel says, Bachayv Shvach, that the creditor collects the shvach, meaning he doesn't have to compensate the consumer at all anything. He says, this was indebted to mine, it's my land. And he takes it, full stock and balance, doesn't have to compensate him. That contradicts his previous Allah of Nachman that says that he doesn't have to give him the land, but he has to compensate him for the increase that he made. So Malaysia Ravashi responded to Ravina, he says, like Kash, it's not a difficulty. Khan, by Rav Nachman's halacha, the first halacha that was mentioned, that's b'shvach That's regarding the increase of the land, which literally means it reaches the shoulders, meaning that there's produce there that's growing on the land, which is already complete, and it's already could go on the shoulders, it could be taken off. That, he has to go ahead and give that to the lekeach, or at least compensate him monetarily. This halacha that Ravina was bringing up from this halacha b'shmul is talking about the increase in the land, which is not something that could be transported already. In other words, it still needs the land, and therefore it's considered it's part of the land, and that's why it's that's what totally taken by the Baal and doesn't have to compensate him. And therefore it's not a contradiction depending what type of a growth is it that's being taken away with the land right now. Now on that Omalei, but Ravina asked back to Ravashi, but Vamaisim Chol Yoyim, there are incidents daily, V'komag Vishmul and Shmuel would collect for a creditor, Afilashvach HaMegilik Safim, he would totally let the creditor take from this Leikach, who it was Meshubat to this Baal even when there was produce already reachable for the shoulders, meaning it was already ready to be taken, and he didn't have to compensate him for, the, for, the, for, that, for those payers or monetarily. So how can you say that's the, the, the dividing line to be able to resolve this question when we see even HaMegilik Safim, he did not have to compensate him? So Malays Ravashi said to Ravin, he says, Loikasha, it's not a difficulty. As we continue to type of Tzadivam and Aleph, Ha, this that Shmuel said that the Bachayv takes all the Shvach, he could take it and keep it, is the Masik Be Kishir Arabishvacha. If what's, what he's collecting is the amount of that the land is worth with the Shvach, then he could take the Shvach for free from Lekuches and not have to compensate him because he's owed by this guy who is his debtor. $1,000, and now the land, let's say, was worth 800 and increases 200 so now all of that is what's owed to him, that he could take without compensating. When did Shmuel say that, okay, you don't have to give him back the land, but you have to compensate him with the shvach, is if the land that, is, that the guy had bought, which is owed to the guy, is the same amount, $1,000. Now this guy had actually increased it up to 1200 that extra 200 is not owed to him, that is what we're saying, that increase, he could take it, but he has to compensate him there monetarily. Now, so Amalei, so Ravina said back to Ravashi, he says, Ha Nicha, this is very good the way you resolved it. Laman Da'am, according to the one who says, that, I is zuzi that even if the consumer has money, he cannot remove the creditor. In other words, the creditor, you, you, your debtor sold me this land. He owes you $1,000. I'll give you the $1,000. Leave me the land. He can't do that. The debtor could give me $1,000. He doesn't have. I go to his assets now. You bought it. I'm taking the assets. I don't want the money. So says Rabbi in the shop. So that would be very well understood according to that opinion. But according to the one who says that if the, if the consumer has money, he could remove the Baal He could say, no, no, don't take the land. I'm going to pay up for what this debtor owes you, which you want to collect his land from. 
then if that, according to that opinion, had I had money, because we're going according to that opinion, I would have then removed you from the total land. You would have had nothing from the land because I would have paid up and I'm allowed to. So, but now, although I don't have any money, give me at least a portion of the land that's the measurement of my increase. In other words, the way Ravashi just answered the question was that the increase is not owed or collectible by the Balchayv because it's more than what's owed to him. So, okay, so he has to compensate him monetarily. So he's saying, what do you mean monetarily? Don't give me money. That money value, which if I would have been able to give you money, I would have kept the land. So therefore, that should be translated into land too. And therefore, why are we saying that Shmuel says, okay, he's got to pay him the money, but he doesn't have to give him the land. No, he should be able to demand land itself. So Malay, Surabashi responded, he says, Hachmayiskin, and you're right. That normally would be like that, according to that mandama. But here, what are we talking about in the halacha of Shmuel that was mentioned in the previous da'af from Rav Nachman that said that he doesn't have to give him land, but he would have to give him money, as we explained, because that's more than what's owed to the Balchayv, is going to Shavi in the Halei Apoitiki, which is where the debtor, who was the one who sold this land off to the Slekeach, had made that land into an Apoitiki, which is from the term Apoitekoi, which is designated that the Amala he tells to the Balchayv, to his creditor, Lo that your collection should be only from this land, and therefore, as Rashi explains, even if the Lekech in this case would have Zuzim, would have money to pay back the, the debtor, he wouldn't be able to remove him because this was already designated as what's owed to him, and therefore even that mandama would agree in such a case that he cannot get rid of him with money, and that's why the halach is that he has to pay back the Lekech the money because that's not owed to him, but he doesn't have to give him the land, again, even according to mandama that usually he could, by Napaitiki, which is clearly demarcated for him, then he can't remove him with money. Again, that resolves a contradiction between the halachas of Shmuel, that depending on if it's part of the, what's owed to him, then he could collect the shvach and not have to compensate him at all. But if it's beyond that, then he doesn't have to give him the land, but he would have to pay him the money. Now the Gemara goes back to the halachas that we were mentioning in the previous daf, regarding this halacha of our Mishnah, Vagoizel Eitzim, where then it increases in the domain of the Gazlan, regarding what does he owe the, the Nigzal, the one who he stole from, what do you do with the shvach, some of Rabbi Rabbi says, Gazal v'hishbiach u'machar. If the thief steals something, increases the value of it, and then flips it, then sells it. Or Gazal v'hishbiach b'hayrish. Or he stole it, he increased the value, and then he died and he gave it over inheritance to his children. Says Rabbi, Ma'ashishbiach machar. What he increased, he sold off. In other words, the consumer, just like the Gazlan, takes a half or a third or a quarter of the increase. And so to Mashish what he increased, the Goslin, that's where he gave over inheritance to his Yarshim, to his inheritors. Or Rashi says it actually would mean that the that the that the Lekeach or the Yarshim would actually take all the Shvach as the Allah of our Mishnah because we said because of the Khan that we want people to be able to repent that they could actually keep whatever Shvach they made after the moment of the Gizela, as we said this on Tzadidal of the base. So essentially what Rav is saying is that just like we said this halach of a gazlan, that he gets either a half, third, or quarter, like a to Rabbi Shimon, or he actually gets all of it, which is kashasa gizela, but beyond that he gets to keep that, because of the Kansashavim, that is then given over the same rights to the Lekeach and to the Yerush, and then have to give the Shvach back to the one that was stolen from. Now, but what Rav does have a question about is, That was if the gazlan is mashpiachet, so that we said that he gets to keep it, then even if he sells it off, they also get to keep it. But what's if the Likech himself is Meshbiach? I mean, the Gazan didn't make it any more, more 
mashbiach. He didn't, he didn't make any more increase in benefit in the quality of the thing. Because essentially the takana was just for him. Question is, now his lekiach, who bought it from him, he was mashbiach. What's halacha regarding that shvach? As the Gemara explains, that basid the bayahadapashta, after that he asked it, then he resolved it because mamacha rishon lasheni. What is it that the first person in any sale sells to the second person? Any merits that come to his hand. So therefore, just like by the Gazlan, if he would have been mashbiachid, he would have taken it like Rabbi Shimon, a half or a third or a quarter. So here also, if the Lekech is mashbiachid, he also takes a half, a third or a quarter, meaning according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, who he holds, that's how we qualify the Shvach that's on the Gizela after the moment that was stolen. But again, it's, yeah, just like Gazlan would have had that halacha, so whoever buys something from somebody gets that same halacha. And the Yerush in this sense is saying, Lekech gets those same halacha. Now, by Rav, but Rav has another question. Let's say, What's Allah if a non-Jew increases its value? What's Allah over there? Which the Gemara asks on Rav's question. What do you think we make a takonis hashavim for non-Jewish people? That if they steal from a Jew, we're going to say, Okay, takonis hashavim, you don't have to give back to Shvach. No. What is the, what's the, what's Rabbi's question in the first place? This was only made for a Jew to be able to repent. That therefore we say that the Shvach he could keep. So Malay, so Ravina said to Ravacham Medifti, he says, Loit that's not the case. The case is Yisrael. Yeah, the thief, the robber was a non-Jew. He increased the value, but then he sold it off to a Jew. Now the question is, now a Jew has it, do would we say that the Shvach he can keep just like we say by the Gazlan? Now the Gemara asks, but save save, at the end of the day, how did that help? Someone that's coming from the rights of the non-Jew, is the same as the non-Jew, because we said essentially the Lekeach has no Takana Sashabim, has no Takanta de Gazlan. It's only that he could take whatever the first guy had, sold it to him. Now if the first guy who stole it was a non-Jew, that's what he's giving over to the, to the consumer. How does that help? Either way, you shouldn't have Takana Sashabim, because it's only based on the first guy's rights, and the non-Jew doesn't have that. So the Gemara says, The case is, no, a Jewish person stole it, sold it to a non-Jew. Now, when the non-Jew had it, he worked on it, he increased the value of what the stolen object was. Now, then, and then, that non-Jew then sold it off to a Jewish person. My, what's halacha? That's the case, so that was the case Rabbi was asking about. Me, I mean, do we say, since originally the, the thief was a Jew, and at the end of the day, the guy who we're finally saying, okay, give back the Gizela, the, the, the gizela was also a Jew. So therefore, of the Rabban and Takan, so there were the rabbis made a Takana because it essentially fits all the criterion, which is a Takana de Gazlan, and the one who ends up with it to have the same halacha that he shouldn't have to give it back. Or maybe do you say, since there's a non Jewish person here in the middle of this procession, of the therefore the Rabban did not make a Takana because that non Jew doesn't have that quality, and therefore when it ends up by that Jew, it won't have that halacha of keeping the shmach. And that's, you know, take or let it stand, it's not clear what's not going to be the halacha in such a case, where if one of the people in the middle was a non-Jew, if the last guy, who is a Jew, is still going to have that takan sashavim from the first guy who stole it was a Jew, to not have to give back the shmach to the one that was stolen from. Continuing on these halachas about shinukayna, about Takanta de Gazan, that again he could keep the Shvach, that he changed what was stolen and only give back the actual object that he stole. Amr Papa says, Haiman de Gazel Dikle Mechavri Bekatlev. Someone stole a date palm tree from his friend and he cut it down. Says Rapapa, Avagab de Shadi Me'ara La'ara Dide, even when he cut it down, he took it from his friend's field into his own field. Loikani, 
he has not acquired it to pay back just the money worth of the tree. Rather, he would have to still give back the actual palm tree because there is no shinui. It, there is no change to be considered a kinyan. That's the topic that's a, of our parak of our Gezel Eitzim, which we were talking about this halach of kinyan the gizela, which since there's an acquisition, there was a change over here, there was a shinui. So then it becomes yours, in contrast to the pinhole shinui, since it's yours, now the increase that goes up, so that's yours that you get to keep, or that you would only have to pay back the money, but the object is already yours. Unless it's a pub, in this case, you have not acquired it. Says the Gemara, my time, what's the reason? Because originally before he stole it from the guy, it was called a, a, a palm tree. But now it's still called a palm tree, even though he cut it down. So therefore there's no change of name, there's no change of designation, there's nothing that actually changed over here. And therefore the object is still here, you've got to give it back. Now, let's say there was a the date palm tree, and he went and made it into pieces. He chopped it down into logs. Says our Papa Laikani, he has not acquired it. Because Hashdemi has Guvi the Diklamikri, because now it's still called the logs of a palm tree. It's still the palm tree, it's just in logs. So you haven't really made a real Shinoi to be it. You have to still give back the object itself. Now, but let's say Guvi Vavdini Kishuri. Let's say you stole the logs and you turned it into beams, then Kani, then you have acquired it. You see that it's called something else. The reason being is that that's an intrinsic internal change of definition for the object. That's a shinui, and therefore then you acquired it. Now you only have to pay back the money, not the actual beams themselves. Let's say kashuri ravravi. Let's say he stole large beams. Vavdina kashuri zutri, and he made them into small beams. Moikani has not acquired it because it's still beams. One's small, one's big. Let's say avdinu kitsutsiasa. Let's say he made the beams into planks. Then Kani, then he's acquired it, because again, he changed it either from logs or beams into planks. It's called something else. It's called a kerish. So to Omer Rav, Rav says, similar halachas. Haiman the gazol lulev. Someone that steals a lulev, palm front. Vavdinu hutzi, and he turns it into hutzi, which is that he tore off the leaves from the shedra, from the spine. So then Kani, he's acquired it. The reason being is, Dimikaru lulev, mikri vahash de hutzi. Before it was called olulev, when it has the the branch is attached to the spine. Now it's called hutzi, which is when the, the leaves are separate. It's not a lulav anymore. It's, it's hutzin. It's these leaves. It's called something else. Let's say hutzi vavdini chufi. Let's say he took these leaves and turned it into a broom, which is what they used to sweep a house, which is the way they would make the broom. They would take each hutza, each leaf, and split it into two, where now that's obviously something that cannot, it's, does, it's not, doesn't go back, can't revert back to its old self because it's already split. And Kani, you have acquired it. Because Mikaru Hutsi Bahashtuchya. And the, because originally it was called these leaves, and now it's called a broom, moreover is that and you can't make it back from broom back to leaves because you already split the leaves. Let's say Khufya Vaabdir Sharshura. Let's say he took the broom, and someone stole a broom and he turned it into a rope. He took the palm fronds that were that were in this broom and he tied them one to the other, making a rope. On that says Rabba, that Loikani has not acquired it. My time, what's the reason? Because the you could just undo it and it's back into a broom again. What you made into a rope, just undo the rope, tie it back together, and you got yourself back a broom. So since it's a shina, it could go right back to what it was. That's not considered a full-fledged shinoi, and therefore that would not be a kinyan. You've got to give back the actual broom itself. By Rav Papa, continuing on this halach of a lulav, Rav Papa asked the following question. The tiyumis is the, the middle upper leaf of this lulav, of this palm tree leaves, which is called tiyumis, which is, it's actually a double, that's what's coming from tiyum, which means twins, doubled, it's a double leaf. So if, let's say 
the one who stole it took out the middle leaf. Maha would the halacha be over there? Is that considered a shinui, enough of a change to be considered a kinyan that he doesn't have to give it back and just pay up the money or not? So the Gemara says, Tashima, come in here because the Amr Mas and Amr Bishub and Levi, the halacha is regarding the halachas of a lulav, lulav which is taken on sukkahs. Because or else, why is that a change? You should take it at one piece. It's still considered a lulav. The halachic relevancy is that yes, there is a change because for the halachas of lulav, there's certain specifics which nitlahatayum is possible. If the middle leaf is taken out from a lulav, it's totally invalid to be used as a lulav on sukkahs. So as we continue on Tamad Beis, says the Gemara, my love, who Because similarly, the same thing would be not just if it's taken out, but so too if the middle leaf would be split, that the same thing would be, that would be possible. Now, since regarding the halachas of lulav for sukkahs, it's possible. So regarding acquiring it, that would also be considered a really significant change. You got yourself a thousand dollar lulav, now it's only, it's possible, it's worth zero for sukkahs. So therefore, that would be a shino, it would be a change, and therefore you'd be kind of, and I think Moses says, no, nit l'shan, it could be taking away the middle leaf is different, the chaster like, that's not just one of beauty, it's actually considered halachas of chaster, it's missing, which is one of the halachas of the dalad minim, it can't be chaster, it can be lacking. But if it's split, it's not lacking, it's just split, maybe actually then it wouldn't be possible, and therefore then it wouldn't be a shinui to be kind of. That's the first version. Ikidami, that those that say that actually, the toshma, that come in here, that the Gemara proved that the Amr Mas and Amr Shumalevi, that he says clearly that Nechlika to Yumis, that when the upper middle leaf is split from the, the, the double leaf that it is, Nasikimisha Natla Upasl, that it's same halachic as if it was taken away, and therefore Pasl, and Shmaminov, and that you could infer according to the second version of what Ramasan says in the Mary Shumalevi, that that would be considered a significant shinui, obviously because making the whole Lulav Pasl, and then therefore if a Ghazan had done this to the Lulav, he would be kind it to not pay back the Lulav itself, because it's a shinui that makes it his, a Kenyan and rather he would just give back the money itself. Again, continue on these halachas. Amra Papi says, Haiman the Gozel Afri Mechavrik. Someone that steals, the, steals dust, that steals earth from his friend. The Avdi Levinta, and he turns it into a brick. Loikani is not acquired. My time, what's the reason? That's, isn't that a significant change? It is, but the Hadamash Afra. It's not a significant change because since it could go right back to, to earth, you just crush it back. So therefore, that's not a significant shino. Shino has to be something that forever altered it. It didn't forever alter it. You could take it right back. That's not a shino, and therefore, you're not kind it. Let's say Levinta Avdi Afra. Let's say he stole a brick and he turned it into earth. Then kind of he has acquired it. My, because my Ahmed, what are you going to say? You're going to say, wait a second, why? That shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be a shin, because it could go right back. You could turn it back into a brick. And that says the Gemara, no, that would be a different brick. And it would be a new face, a new front that's coming over here, because when you would make it back into a brick, that's not the first brick that there was. It's a new brick, because you would have to go ahead and, and, and fix it and grind it and, and knead it accordingly, and it's going to be different than how it was the first time, because it's impossible to be exacting for big or for small to be exactly as it was originally. Earth, it's going to go right back to the earth that it was originally. Here, to take it back to the brick, it's not a same brick, it's a new brick, and therefore you're not, you really ultimately forever alter that brick that was, it will never be back again. You can make a new brick, and therefore that is going to be a valid shinner. So, Tuvamra Papa. Says Haiman the Gozal If someone steals a silver plate from his friend, Vavid Zuzi, and he turns it into a coin, Loikani has not acquired it. My time, what's the reason? because you'll make it right back into a plate. If he wants to. And therefore that's considered Shinachis Labiyas, he could go right back. Now, as Rashi points out, here you don't say 
pan chadashis. Wait a second. Even if it's going to be a plate, it's not going to be exactly as the original plate was. And that explains Rashi regarding a nascha, which is just a, a, a silver plate, a silver brick. A person's not exacting for the, how it's squared or 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 mesukin. It's just a piece. It's just a chunk of silver that's in contrast to a brick. A brick is, serves a function. It's the, the brick in the shape. It has to be that exact brick, but the nascha is just melting it right back down. That it doesn't make a difference, and therefore that is going to be a shina ches and therefore it's not going to be kainah. But the other way around, if let's say zuzi vavdin the nascha, let's say he stole a coin and he turned it into the silver plate, then he has acquired it. Because Mayamid, what are you going to say? Hada oven zuzi? That he's going to make it back into a coin? But again, pan chadash is bolikan, that's going to be a whole new coin. It's not going to be exactly as the old coin was. And therefore, it's a new coin. It's not taking it back to what it originally was. And therefore, it is going to be a valid shinoi, taking it from a coin. And if the gazan turns it into a nascha, then he has acquired it to pay back the money, not the object itself. Let's say shchime. Let's say he stole an old coin, which is darkened. Vavdinu chadite, and he made it like new, which is that he, that he whitened it and he polished it and he cleaned it. Loikani has not acquired it because ultimately it's going to get old again. It's going to get black again. So it's chayz labiyase. It's not a full-fledged shinoi. It doesn't forever alter it. But chaditi vavdini shechimi. But if let's say he stole a new coin and he made it blackened, then kani, then the gun of the gazan has acquired it with that blackening. Because Mayami, what are you going to say? Hadavlu chaditi. They'll make it like new because he'll polish it. The darkening, the blackening will always be recognizable, never be as totally as new. You can tell a brand new coin, you can never make it back totally brand new, and therefore that's going to be considered a shinoi, that's not chayzabiyase, and therefore if he took a new coin and made it a black, he has been kainit with that shinoi. Now, he explains that our Mishnah concluded by saying, Zahaklal. This is the general rule, which was actually all the cases of the Mishnah. The opinion of the Tanah by Mishnah holds that all robbers pay according to how much it was worth when he stole it. So even though if it went up in value afterwards, that he gets to keep. He only has to compensate him exactly how much it was worth at the time of the Gizel. When it says this is the general rule, what's that coming to include that wasn't already mentioned? It's coming to include this halacha that Rebbe had said. Let's say he steals a lamb, and it turns into a ram, by virtue of age. A ram is when it reaches two years old. So he didn't even do anything, it just happened automatic. Or or calf, and it turned into an ox. That is already a change. It's not called anymore a lamb, it's called a ram. So therefore, he's acquired it for this, that if that if he slaughters it or sells it, which generally the halacha is, that if you steal an animal, then you slaughter, you sell it, you chayv, dal and that is what Rebbe said, that if it had already changed just by virtue of age, when, the, when it had stole, it stole, it was, it was under two years old, and then it turned two, so it changed now from a lamb to a ram. Now that he slaughters or he sells it, it's his own thing that he's selling, it's his own thing that he's slaughtering, and then he doesn't have to pay more than kefal, more than double, which is the classic tashlumen for the ganav. Now a story related to the Salacha, the Gemara brings out, Gavra, the gazel padna de turi mechaber. There was a certain individual who stole a pair of oxen from his friend. So gazel karbu krava. He went and he plowed his field with these oxen. And zarbu zara. He went and he sowed the the, 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 the field with these oxen. And lasayf adrin lamari. After he did work with these oxen, he went and gave it back to the owner. So asla kamen derev nachman came from derev nachman to claim for this guy who stole and had used his oxen for those days. So amlahu he said to them zilu shuma shivcha da ashbach. Go ahead and evaluate the increase of the value of the field that he had made with the stolen oxen, and he has to compensate the owner because that was through the use of his oxen. 
So Amalei Rabbah, so Rabbah said to him, he said, what do you mean? Turei Ashbach, what, the oxen only increased the value of the field for the, what was sown? Our loy Ashbach, the field itself didn't increase? Why are you saying that he has to pay the whole increase? There's two partners that makes the field beneficial, the field itself and the oxen. Why does he have to pay up all of that value to the person that he took the oxen from? So Amas Rab Nachman said, Do you think I said that you have to value all the shvach that has to be compensated back to the owner of the oxen? Half of it I said. Half of the increase of the field was through the oxen, half through the field itself. So therefore the owner of the field has to go ahead and pay back half of that to the owner of the oxen. Now Amalei, but still Rav asked Rav Nachman, At the end of the day, what did this guy do? He stole this guy's oxen. Now, he's giving it back as it is. He's giving back the oxen already. Ditnan, as we learned in the Mishnah, it said, As we just quoted this halacha, all robbers pay as the moment that it's worth at the time that it was stolen. So he stole the ox. Two days later, three days later, he gives back the ox exactly how much it was worth then. Why are you saying he has to go ahead and pay him for what he had used it? That's not true. That's something he could, that he used, but he's giving back the ox. And as it is, why should he have to compensate him for that? So Amalei Sarav Nachman said to Rabbah, Lo Yaminalach, didn't I tell you, Ki Yasivna Bedina, when I'm sitting in judgment, Lo Yitameli Midi, don't tell me anything. Do Amma Huna Chavrin Alai, because our colleague Huna said regarding me, that Ano Vishvar Malcolm, me and King Shapur, which was a reference to Shmuel, who was a great in the halachas of Dinam, of judgment, Achai Bedina, we're brothers in judgment, meaning I'm also someone that I know what I'm doing in judgment. Hi Inish, this man is an old robber. And I want to penalize him. You're right. Of course the Allah is, he doesn't really have to pay for what he used it for. But I want to find some way to get him, because this guy steals from everybody. I want to penalize him, I want to prevent him from continuing to steal. You're right, according to the basic Allah, he doesn't have to compensate him. But that's why I was doing that, and that's the way the Gemara relates this to the previous Allah of this, what we're calling from the Mishnah, called Gizlam, Shaman where the more wondered, okay, so that's the general rule, what's I coming to include? It's this halacha of Rabbi Ilah, that even if it happened automatic, that's something that would be considered his, and so too in that story that he brought that really would be his, he wouldn't have to pay for that, you only have to pay Kishas Exela, but again, in that story, he wanted to penalize him, and that's why he said you got to pay for the value of at least half of what was increased in the land because of the oxen that you stole from that guy. Now the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, again, continuing the theme of the previous Mishnah, regarding this halach of stealing something, and then if it's going up in price or going down in price, regarding the you have to pay how much it's worth now, or at the time of the Gizela. So the Mishnah says, Gazel Kina. If he steals an animal, and it gets older in the domain of the Gazlan, or a Vadim Kina, or he stole slaves, and they got old, he didn't give it back for a few years. Says the Tanakam, you have to pay how much it was worth when you stole it. Now they went down. That, that loss, the appreciation, is the loss of the Gazan. It's at the moment that he steals it that he acquired it and he has to give it back how much it was worth then. Remeir, I mean, he disagrees in one of those two halachas. He says, By slaves, he could tell them, Here, behold, this is yours in front of you and take it. The reason being is because he holds that Avadim have the halacha like karka, and karka land cannot be stolen. It was always owned by the original owner, and therefore, here, just take your land. It's yours. I never acquired it. I can't steal land, so too I can't steal a slave. And therefore, he doesn't have to pay him now that the slave went down from $1,000 to 800 because he got older. No, he just gives him back the slave, and he doesn't have to pay him how much it was worth. Continuing on, on related halachas, the Mishnah says, 
The Mishnah makes a contrast between two types of categories, between Hezek Nikr and Hezek She'ena Nikr. Let's say someone steals a coin and it cracks, which that's recognizable change in the coin. So too, Paris Verkivu stole produce and they rotted. Yain Vehichmetz, wine and it soured. So Meshamek Shasikzele, so that's a Shinoi. You got to pay how much it was worth at the time that it was stolen. And the fact that it went down, that's a loss of the Gazel. Now, but Matbeya Venifsel, let's say stole a coin and it just became invalidated. The government is not using these coins anymore, but it looks the same as it was when they stole it. Or Truma Venitmus, again, the Truma looks the same, but it became Tameh. Or chametz va'avr lava pesach. He stole chametz from the person, which it's the same bread, but it's just that it passed pesach, which makes it asa. Or behema v'nisavdebave, where he stole an animal, and the sin was done with that animal, either that it was sodomized, or they went and used it for avodizara, which makes a puzzle for a carbon, as the Gemara taught on the memam base. But again, the animal looks the same as it was when he stole it. Or came invalid from being used as a carbon on the mezbeach because it developed a blemish, but again, unrecognizable, like cataracts in the eye. Or it was going out to be stoned because of something it did, but again, it's the same animal as it is. And that says, the Mishnah, You could tell him, here, behold, this is yours. You see, there's nothing that looks any different. It's exactly as I took it from you, and I could give it back. Which, regarding this last halacha, Rashi says, the reason why he's exempt for the one of the animals that are being brought as a carbon on Mizbeach is because not all animals are brought on Mizbeach. Which, some of Farsham explains, seems to contradict the way he explains the Duke and Shabbayin. But again, that's why he's explaining it's not a, it's not a Hezek Nikr there either, because even if there's some small blemish, that's only relevant for the Mizbeach. But for all ha- other damaging criterion, it's not considered damage, and therefore you can tell him, again, in contrast to the first category, which were recognizable damages, that are shinuyim, which acquire it to the cousin, and then therefore he has to pay him kashasik zela. So, Amra Papa, he qualifies the, the opening halacha of our Mishnah of the Tanakhama. He explains, this that the Tanakhama said, that if the animal or the slave gets old, then that's the loss of the gazlan, and he has to pay him how much he was worth more when it's kashasik zela. Says our Papa, it doesn't, when it says that it became old, the animal or the slave, it doesn't mean his kina mamish. It doesn't mean literally that, uh, that the slave or the animal got old. Even if the animal or the slave just became weakened, which is not such a, a shinu, such a change, because it's not like the whole body is changing, like when a person gets older, it's recognizable in the whole body. It's just that something weakened in the, in the, in the animal or the slave, even that would be considered, according to Tan the Kama, a shinui. To, to, that was a Kenyan for the Goslin to have to pay now how much it was worth before that change happened, which was Kishas Exela. Now, that the Gemara asked, but Banan his Kinnitzan. But we didn't learn that in the Mishnah. If even weakening, which is less of a Shinoi, you're telling me the Tanakhama agrees would be a Shinoi, so why does it say in the Mishnah that if it became old, which is a more, uni- more global Shinoi in the animal or the slave? So that answer to Papa, no. The reason why I picked getting old is because it wanted to qualify Kishasha Kugain his Kinnitzan. Meaning to say the halacha of weakening is only if it's like getting old. What does that mean? The lehodabari, which means say it never comes back to its previous healthy state. Just like old, person doesn't get young again. So to weakening is that it's not going to come back. But yes, it would be able to be revitalized. Then that wouldn't be considered shina even in kichasha. It's only saying that kichasha would have to be like his kina that it can never come back. Says, this is what they said in the name of Rabbi Yechanan. He wants to say a chiddush in this halacha of that a change, that it becomes a kinyan for the gazlan, and now it's his, whether it goes up or goes down. 
It says even if the Ganav, even if he steals a lamb and it becomes a ram, or eagle menasher, or if he steals a calf and it becomes an ox, even that even that's considered that it's already a change in the hand of the Ganav, and he acquired it. And therefore, Tabachamach, every now he slaughters it or he sells it. Shalehu Tabach, Shalehu Meicher, he's selling or, ste- or, or slaughtering his own, and therefore he's not going to be chayv adal and behay just for kefal. So you see that not only that if the, animal, if the person or the animal becomes weakened, even if it just gets to a certain age where it's called something else, that would be considered a shinoi, and therefore it would be considered his own. Now, regarding that halacha that Markashisha, Bereid of Chizah, was telling to Ravashi, Amalei Ravashi said back to him, Lava Minalach, didn't I tell you? Don't mix up people who you're attributing the halachic teaching to. Because hahu, and actually we said this on the same Ahmed previously, we said over the name of Rabbi Law, not of Rabbi Yechanan, which is very important, and we see this in this Gemara, regarding the Messiah, that's the, that the halachas that we have are all can be traced back. It's important, he was telling him, to keep the right person, because that's of utmost importance for the halachas and the Messiah of our Torah. Now the Mishnah said that Rameyu, I mean, he disagreed on one of the two halachas of the Tanakhama. He said, Be'avadim, my slaves, there he could tell him, no, I don't have to pay kashas exayla. I know he went down from 1,000 to 800 because he got older. But harishal chalafanecha, here, this is yours as we explained in the Mishnah, because he holds that avadim are like karkais, which you can't steal it. It's not acquired to you. And if you could just say, here, it's yours, take it back. I don't have to pay you for what it depreciated in value. Now, Amrav Hanina he says, that Rav says, which is that, again, by Avadim, he doesn't have to pay Kishas Exela, he could just say, that asked the Gemara, Rav Shavik Rabbanan, Rav leaves the Rabbanan, the majority, and he follows like a Das Yachid, like an individual, that of Remeir. Why does he say, Allah is like Remeir? So, I mean, they said, the reason why is because in the Brisa, he taught it in the reverse, the attributions. And that is, it was in the Brisa's brought, the Remeir said that you have to pay Kishas Exela. And the Chacham said, no, by a slave, you could say, Arishal Chalafanecha. And that's what Rav was saying, the Allah is like Remeir, Arvan Mishnah, because in the Brisa's brought that it's actually that's the opinion of the Rabbanan. Now, still the, the Gemara asks, Rav Shavik Masnit Nevavaka So Rav leaves. The Rabbanan's opinion, which is mentioned in the Mishnah, and follows the Rabbanan's opinion mentioned in the Brisa, we always know that the Mishnah is more authoritative than the, than the Brisa. That's why Brisa is from the word Abra, on the outside, it's on the outside, it's not, wasn't inserted into the text of the Mishnahis, even though they were both written by Tanon. Sadiqimar says, no, because Rav, Masnit Nami Rav also actually reverses the attribution of the opinions in our Mishnah too. Now, but that's what the Gemara asked. Why? Why does Rav go ahead and switch around the attribution of the opinions of our, how it's mentioned in our Mishnah? Because in the Brisa it's brought the other way around. Ad to the contrary. He should actually switch around the attributions of opinions in the Brisa because of the more authoritative way that it's brought in our Mishnah. That it's actually Remeir who says that he, in our, in our Mishnah, Remeir says that. We're, we're, that's the halacha that Rav is trying to say, that that he so then switch it around in the b'risa, don't switch around the Mishnah because of the b'risa. So Amri, they said, no, Rav namen masnitin ibcha asne. Actually, it's not that Rav switched around the Mishnah because the b'risa had it the other way around. He, we said that not only does it say in the b'risa the other way around, actually, he was taught by his own rebbeim, his own teachers, that actually the text that we have it in our Mishnah, his rebbe taught it him the other way around. That it was the Chacham who said, by Avad Mikisar Shachalafanacha, and Remeir was the one who said, Kashasik Zela. That's one approach. 
or if you want, says the Gemara, you could say that no, when do we not switch around a Mishnah in place of a Bryce? I mean, that we're not going to switch around the wordings in the Mishnah because a Bryce has it another way. That's when it's one against one. Yeah, one against one will hold more authoritative the Mishnah and not the Bryce. But when you have one, like in our case, which the Mishnah is saying one way, in place of two Bryces that say the opposite way how it's attributed. Then, then actually we will switch around the way it's brought in our Mishnah. And here you have two Bryces saying the other way around. One is the Bryce that we mentioned before, that has the Chacham as quoted as saying what Remeir says in our Mishnah. And the other one is this, the Tan Lagluna Bryce. The Bryce says, If someone is swapping, bartering a cow for a donkey, and when they did that, the cow gave birth to a child. Now, as Rashi just points out, the reason why, when it talks about the case of the animals, it uses machlef that they swapped, and it doesn't say selling like it does in the next case of someone who sells his shift as maidservant, which has the same halachic uh, quandary, is because an animal cannot be purchased with money until you do mashikh, until you draw that thing that you're buying to you. Now, the problem is then you wouldn't have the halacha of that b'risa, which is based on the suffix, because when you draw something to you, it's visible to see, did it give birth or not? And therefore, there wouldn't be a situation of doubt. But, by, but that's why you have to pick the case of chalipin, when you're swapping, then you could have. But for example, let's say we'd be talking about that the owner of the donkey, who's switching and giving that to the owner of the cow, did not do mashicha on the cow. Rather, the owner of the cow went and drew the donkey to him, which automatically what that does is, through chalipin, through a swap, is that now the cow is now transferred automatically to the owner of the donkey, who had sold the donkey to the owner of the cow, by the drawing of the donkey where, wherever the cow is going to be. As we learned this in Mishnah Mishach's Kedush, Nafchav Chesem and Aleph, that what's called HaKal Anasa Dama Ba'acher, once this guy acquires one, it already becomes obligated through the change, through that swap, the other animal to the other person. Now, therefore, that what sets the stage for this halacha, this price, and now we don't know right now, at the time when the owner of the cow went and pulled the donkey to himself, we don't know if at that moment, which automatically now the cow gets transferred to the owner of the donkey, if at that moment the cow had given birth already, and therefore it was already born in the domain of its seller, or it was only after that he drew the donkey that then it gave birth, and therefore it gave birth, and therefore in the rights and the domain of the consumer. We don't know. That's one case. So let's someone sells his maidservant. Now the halacha regarding avadim, shifcha and the kanani, they could, they could be acquired with kesher, with money. Even though they're not in front of us at the time of the, of the exchange of the money. So therefore one guy, they go into a house and their slaves are somewhere else and he sells them the shifcha. The yalda, and she gave birth. Now we don't know whose domain did she give birth. Did she give birth before the sale or after the sale? No one knows. So you have these two cases, which is a doubt regarding the child who owns the child. This one says, she was born in my domain. And the other one is sound. He doesn't know. Now that qualifies to what's called Bari Vishema. One guy is definite. Whatever the reason for that, he's definite. The other one, Shema, is maybe. I don't know. Allah is Bari Adav. So the more definite is, is better, has more power because he's definite versus the other guy is not sure. So Zachaba, the one who's definite, he merits in it because he's claiming that he knows for sure. Let's say he says, I don't know, and he says, I don't know. We both weren't there. We have no clue. So they split the value of that child because either one might be, so they don't know, so it's, you split it. 
Let's say Let's say this guy says, no, it was in my domain when the birth happened. This guy said, no, it was in my domain when the birth happened. So the halacha is Yishava HaMoicher. So it's actually the seller, the one who originally had the rights in it, that he swears, Shebeshusa Yalda, that she gave birth in his domain. Now, the reason for this is, is because, as Rashi explains, you have the element of Moidib and over here, which that requires a halacha of a Shavu Daraisa, of Moidib and which is a biblical Shavua, when someone admits to half the claim, he has to swear on the other half that he doesn't owe it. Now, moreover, Rashi explains this one more element that has to be explained over here. You have to say, and this is how the Gemara in Bamitzid of Kovim Bez and Perak Shirley explains this, is that moreover is that the, the original master actually cut off the hand of his maidservant. So therefore, if this consumer will be claiming to this seller that you sold me, meaning you owe me a, a whole maidservant with the child, because he's claiming that the child was born only after the sale, and the original owner is saying, you're right, I owe you, and because that was the sale of a complete shifcha, but not the child, so that's considered a meidib emiktsis, because he's admitting to part, not all. Moreover, is because there is halacha known as helach. Helach is, if it's ready to be taken, that's not considered as if you're admitting. It's not admitting, it's already the, basically the other person's. So here, there's no helach, the reason being is because since he cut off the maidservant's hand, so... That's not ready to be taken. He has to compensate him for that part of the maidservant. So that's admitting, saying, yes, I owe you the full maidservant, which includes her whole self, which that's halach, that's ready to be taken, but the hand is not, because he has to compensate him. I'm admitting I owe you that hand, but I'm denying that the child, because I'm saying she was born in my domain. So that's a maidir mixes, admitting the part, denying the other part. So he swears that it was born in his domain, meaning that what he's denying is owed to the guy he sold it to. Now, the reason why he swears and therefore gets to keep, on, to keep it and not the other guy, the Lekeach doesn't swear that it was in his Rishos and therefore to take it, is because all oaths that are, are, that are biblical are are oaths that are sworn for a person who is not going to pay. And, and in other words, if someone's claiming by somebody else, the guy who's the defendant swears to exempt himself. As it says in the passing in Shemais that the owner takes and he doesn't pay, meaning whoever is supposed to pay, he swears, and not that the claimant swears to take. So therefore, in this case, since the guy who is defendant, who had it, who doesn't want to give it, he swears, he's the nishboin, and he doesn't pay it. That's Debra Meir. However, the sages disagree, and they say, no, there are no halachas of oaths, not on slaves and not on land. The halacha of land is as brought in Perakazab and Bamitzidaf Nunvav Now, moreover, is that the Chacham are saying that slaves are the same as land. And therefore, it actually, according to the Chacham, it remains in the domain of the seller until the Lekech brings a raya. Now, although he's defendant and he's being made mixes, but there is no Shavu in the Torah on Karka. Moreover, we see, and this is the point of the Gemara, that we see according to Rabbanan that Avda is the same as Kirkmar Koi. And that is why, explains the Gemara, that Rav switched around the attribution of the opinions in our Mishnah. Because here we see a second Raisa, that Chacham are the ones who are saying, in contrast to Remeir, that Avodim are like Karka, and just like Karka you don't make a Shavuah. So to Avodim, and Remeir says that you do make a Shavuah, obviously the Halacha of Mishnah has to be switched around from two Braises, that it's actually the Chacham who hold Avdi Koi, and therefore Arishal Chalvanecha, and it was Remeir who said that Yimishalam Kishas Now, however, the Gemara asks, that if that's the case, 
that the Allah, that the, the, the attribution of its, the opinions that are Mishnah has to be switched around. So, hi, this of Halacha of Rab, that said Halacha Kriya Meir, the Halacha is like Meir. What do you mean Halacha Kriya Ban He shouldn't say Halacha is like Meir, because actually he switched around the attribution of the opinions that are Mishnah. And Rav's trying to say that Abdiz Kimakakai, and you could say Arishal Khalafanacha, and it's not Mishlam Kshazakzela. So why I say Allah Zagame? It's actually should be said Halak Kirabanan, because he switched around the, the wordings in our Mishnah. Rav the Gemara says, no, this is what Rav was saying. This that you, everyone else, that you teach as it's brought in our Mishnah, that you have it the way you have it, not the way I switched it around. According to your wordings, it's Halak Kirameya. Allah is like Rameyer, meaning that halacha that our Mishnah says, Rameyer says that you could say Arisha Khalafanacha. But not because Rav says like Rameyer. He wouldn't leave the Rabban to say like the Rabban to say like Rameyer. It's actually because he holds that that opinion is actually halacha of the Rabbanan, as we see from two prices. Again, it's just that it's called Rameyer because of the way it's brought in our Mishnah that says that halacha in the name of Rameyer.